0: Hello and welcome to one in a series of podcasts discussing ibor reform and the transition to risk-free rates in the loan markets. In this podcast, we will discuss LIBOR transition in the US loan market and some of the key considerations which arise for US dollar lending, both in the US and internationally. My name is Danelle LeCran, and I'm a partner in the Linklater's International Banking Practice, based in New York, and I'm joined today by Phil Lee.
1: Thanks, Sunel. So I'm a, a counsel in our international banking practice, also based in New York, and it's good to join you today.
0: I think the first thing worth explaining is the timeline for the transition away from LIBOR lending and the, that the US markets are, are, are trying to work towards. In November last year, US regulators stated that parties should cease entering into new US dollar LIBOR referencing loans as soon as practicable and in any event by December 31 this year. Now, the recommendation of the ARC, meanwhile, has been to cease entering into such loans after June 30 this year. Now these dates aren't inconsistent, rather the ARC's June 30 deadline is generally considered by the market to be as soon as practical for the transition away from US dollar LIBOR. And it's also worth saying that the ARC's recommendation was released when uh, the market's expectation was that all tenors of the US dollar LIBOR would cease at the end of this year Um, But as we know now, most of those tenors will continue through June 2023. So in our experience and and talking to a number of our clients, uh, many of which are are major commercial banks, um, many of the market participants in the US are considering the end of June to be the relevant deadline, but there are also um, a number of others that consider the December 31 to be the relevant deadline. Phil. Why don't you spend a few minutes clarifying and talking about whether new USD issuances after December 31, 2021 will need to rely on SOFA rather than USD LIBOR?
1: Sure. So to be clearer, um all these recommendations um, from, from the ARC or the joint regulators, they speak to um Discontinuing new issuances of USD LIBOR loans. Um, they don't necessarily uh, recommend or mandate that um, silver-based rates be be adopted. So um, the clear message from the the ARC and the regulators is that LIBOR needs to cease. It's not necessarily that silver needs to be used. Um, and uh, the ARC, the the Federal Reserve Board, the New York Fed have consistently, while the ARC. Uh, Officially recommends SOFR, and it is a group that was convened with the uh, the mandate of identifying a benchmark replacement for USD LIBOR, uh, and that selection uh, is indeed SOFR. Uh, There is no mandate to um, market participants to use SOFR as as the benchmark replacement for USD LIBOR. So, um, just to wanted to make that clarification. So, the important point is that new USD LIBOR to cease, not necessarily that SOFR-based rates. Uh, be adopted as the alternative now uh, in recent weeks there have been uh, there have been many um, discussions and uh, there's been uh, g- uh, increased market uh, interest in for example uh, credit sensitive rates now these credit sensitive rates are uh, forward looking term rates uh, very much uh, similar to to uh, libor that we use today so um in terms of operational readiness and and documentation these do these uh, rates actually do have uh, an advantage over a SOFRA based rate. So, um, you know, nothing from the ARC or the joint regulators is sort of discouraging uh, market participants from using these credit sensitive rates.
0: Very interesting, Phil. Uh, but for now, let's just talk about SOFRA for a bit and, and the ARC conventions, which contemplates simple SOFRA or compounded. So, so what do you think is winning out on practice? Um, as a, as a point of contrast, simple average is not contemplated in the sterling markets while APLMA documents in the Asian market straddle the 2 with options for simple and compounded.
1: Sure, so the arc, uh, recommends using simple average of so rather than compounded. So, in interviews, and the short answer is to say that, um, In the US market, as of of now, and and, um, ever since uh, hardwired fallback provisions became more commonly adopted, uh, it is fair to say that simple average of SOFR is favored over compounded SOFR arrears by a wide margin. Um, When we do, um, we regularly check publicly available uh, credit agreements to refresh our precedent bank and um, a large majority of them. Uh, favor simple, so over um, compounded and rears now, this actually wasn't always, um, wasn't always the case when the arc 1st published its recommended fallback provisions in April 2019. Um, the 2nd step of the benchmark replacement waterfall, uh, which would determine the benchmark replacement if term sulfur is not available. Um. On at the, um, at the time, LIBOR is discontinued was actually compounded. sofr. Interviews uh, plus the applicable spread adjustment. It wasn't uh, daily simple so far. Um, now, it is fair to say that um, since uh, publication of the ARC's first edition of hardwired fallback provisions in 2019, very few uh, credit agreements in the US adopted hardwired fallbacks. It wasn't until after September 30, 2020, uh, that market participants really started to um, move towards hardwired fallback provisions. And shortly before that date, um, so June 30, 2020, uh, the ARC had published uh, updated hardwired fallback provisions uh, with the recommendation that um, uh, market participants start to adopt them uh, by no later than September 30, 2020. And one of the substantial changes that the ARC had made in approach. Uh, relative to the April 2019 version was to recommend daily simple sofur as the second step in the benchmark replacement waterfall rather than compounded in arrears so um, I believe part of what uh, motivated that that switch in recommendation was um, the slow transition from uh, the slow sort of adoption of part of our fallback provisions and uh, simple sofur was considered more operationally feasible uh, and the arc had Listening to a lot of market participants that had that expressed that preference uh, switched sort of their recommendation from compounded interviews to daily simple sofa And going back to the to the initial question, it is uh, fair to say that in the US, daily simple sofa is uh favored over compounded interviews by by a significant margin.
0: Oh, thanks, Phil. That's that's very helpful. Let's now turn and talk about uh, documentation for a bit. Um and think about what the ARC and the LSTA, LSTA have been producing. Um, what's your view on what the response has been to the LSTA's multi currency simple risk free uh, rate agreement? Um, are people in the US market now documenting sterling deals using um, simple Sonia, or are these likely to be yeah, you, um, uh, documented using compounded Sonia? In line with the European markets, what are your thoughts on on documentation?
1: Sure. So to take a step back a bit, um, I want to sort of. um, Divide the documentation work streams into sort of 3 main. uh, Main categories now, the 1st of those is is fallback language. In the US uh, market, uh, we continue to have these new USD LIBOR contracts. So we've got fallback language and there is a misunderstanding that uh, fallback language will not be relevant um, after uh, USD LIBOR, uh, new USD LIBOR loans are not entered into, but that isn't necessarily the case. Um, A lot of market participants are recommending that fallback language be included into new um, non LIBOR Facilities as well to sort of future proof uh, agreements. So we've got fallback language, that's one bucket. Then we've got uh, benchmark uh, replacement amendments. Now, these will be amendments where uh, legacy LIBOR contracts will be transitioned to an alternative benchmark. And then we have documentation that's going to be used for facilities that uh, from day one are originated with a non LIBOR rate. Now, the ARC, to be clear, only publishes fallback language. So the ARC um, as a body does not. Publish or recommend any kind of form credit agreement. It doesn't uh, publish a form credit agreement. Rather, it's up to now. It is only published recommended fallback language. Um, uh, In terms of uh, benchmark uh, replacement amendments, uh, the LSTA has. uh, Published operative terms for this purpose. Now, I think uh, it is fair to say, because of the timelines. And uh, where the legacy library book has a little more time to transition. uh, This has taken a bit of a a 2nd priority because uh, originating an alternative benchmark uh, has become the more time. uh, Sensitive uh, project now, when it comes to documentation for. Facilities that will be originated with an alternative benchmark from day one. Uh, Now let's just uh, say that so far here, the LSTA has published uh, various different types of credit agreements that can be used for this purpose. Now, the LSTA calls these documents concept documents, and when the LSTA refers to a draft credit agreement as a concept document, a concept agreement. What what they're saying is that they've developed an agreement that works mechanically, um, and they're proposing drafting for the use of an alternative benchmark, uh, but they're not in any way reflecting market convention or market practice. So, these are sort of theoretical documents, if you will, but they, they, they are, they have the backing of the LSTA and they've been uh, developed over a, a very long period of time. So the main concept documents that are available now are, uh most importantly, I would say is the daily simple SOFR uh, concept document. Um, Now, this has the option of using um, daily compounded SOFR for parties that um, uh, prefer that route um, using a compounding the balance approach. Now, the LSTA has also published an alternative version to that, um, which uses a compounding the rate approach. But again, simple average is favored over compounding by a wide margin. Very recently, um, the LSTA published a multi currency RFR uh, constant document, uh, which covers not just, um, USD to, uh, uh So, so for, for USD loans, but, um, uh, risk free rates for other, um. Other, um, applicable currencies as well, including, um, Sonya for for sterling loans. Now, um, you asked whether uh, we, we expect, um currencies other than USD to follow sort of the simple average approach that's been um, more common in the US or uh, whether for, let's say, for example, Sonia in in the US, uh, whether we expect um, compounded in arrears to be the more uh, common approach. Now, I think it's fair to say that based on observations of some recent credit agreements that have closed and some agreements that were in the process of um, negotiating uh, for New York credit agreements. Um, my expectation, I think this is consistent with the LST as well, um, is that, um, Simple average will be sort of the more common approach for New York. credit agreements. Now, the reason to this is because the reason that simple average was, um, is. Favored over uh, compounding arrears for uh, USD loans is not necessarily anything that has to do with with us dollars. It's more sort of the nature of the loan market in terms of. Um, there being intra, um, period trades, um, loans, uh, trading uh, without accrued interest. These are sort of the reasons that, um, the arc recommended daily simple. silver because over compounded, because uh, that just makes it operationally more feasible. And, um, seeing that the reason that simple average is favored over compounding is more towards the um, nature of loans rather than uh, USD as a currency. Um, we expect that, um, in the US market. A simple average will be favored for loans denominated in currencies other than other than USD as well.
0: Thanks, Phil. So a lot of progress seems to be made, but but plenty plenty more to do. Um, and I know we see you know developments on a just about on a daily basis, weekly basis. But are there any um, recent updates you want to mention before we close?
1: Sure. I think the two um, most um, Recent developments of significance that we're keeping an eye on and market participants um, will be very interested to see play out are uh, number one, the development of term SOFR. um, A forward looking term sofa rate um, has been sort of favored in the US market over having to do a simple average or compounded in arrears of, of a risk free rate. So, term sofa had um, sort of interest in term sofa had for a time, uh, I think. Decreased for a little bit, but it's very much back in the conversation now. Um, CME Group, at uh, the, the large derivatives market uh, headquartered in Chicago, started publishing forward-looking term sofer rates from April twenty-second. Actually, so very um, for um, term sofer for tenors of one, three, and six months. So, seeing how term sofer plays out and whether the arc will recommend or select a rate is something to to watch in the coming in the coming weeks because in hardwired fallback language the first step of the benchmark replacement waterfall is term SOFR plus the applicable spread adjustment. So if the ARC recommends or selects a term SOFR rate, that will determine the benchmark replacement for uh, many, many credit agreements. So that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is um, increased um, interest and the increased traction of certain credit sensitive rates as an alternative. Uh, credit sensitive rates are forward. in term rates. They um, uh, they behave very similarly to LIBOR uh, based on quantitative studies by a lot of um, bodies. So in terms of operational readiness and documentation, the transition from LIBOR to a credit sensitive rate uh, may be actually easier just because of those aspects of documentation and um, operational readiness from both the lender side and the borrower side. Uh, you may have heard of term of different rates like let's say for example a maribor. Or um, the Bloomberg uh, Short Term Bank uh, Yield Index, uh, so BSBY, which um, uh, market participants are pronouncing this uh, the acronym Bisby. It's, it's, it's important to know how um, everybody um, uh, pronounces these different acronyms. But um, that's another point to watch there: um, the gaining uh, traction of credit-sensitive rates like Bisby or Ameribor. So uh, term so far very much back in the conversation, and also credit sensitive rates. So those are the two things I think um, we'll be watching very closely and um, providing people with an
0: update on. Thanks Phil, um, very helpful and very interesting to plenty keep to keep us busy. So just as by, by way of a reminder, this is one in a series of podcasts on the topic of eyeball reform and, and the transition to risk-free rates in the loan markets. If you have any questions on this ever developing topic, please do contact either myself or Phil or any of your usual locators contact. Um, thanks so much for your time.